Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hi there, I'm Jo. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Panorama podcast. The Brussels executive this week submitted its proposal for a 12th package of sanctions against Russia in response to its invasion of Ukraine. The European Commission's proposal includes new import and export bans, as well as actions to tighten implementation of the existing price cap on Russian seaborne oil and to counter the circumvention of sanctions. It also targets key players in the Russian military, defence and IT sectors, including those involved in the recent illegal elections in occupied Ukraine, those responsible for the forced re-education of Ukrainian children and those spreading disinformation and propaganda in support of Russia. One element of the new package that should come as no great surprise is the proposed import ban on Russian diamonds, as Polsky Radio's Brussels correspondent Beata Pometska points out. On diamonds, the Commission proposes a phased embargo, from January on natural ones, from March on processed ones. There will also be a mechanism for tracking and identifying diamonds to more effectively eliminate Russian ones from the global market. The latest draft also includes a ban on liquefied petroleum gas imports from Russia, and while diamonds were expected, LPG comes as a surprise. This has been a long-standing demand of Poland and the Baltic states, but the Commission had previously held back on proposing an embargo. But the fact that a ban on Russian diamonds was pretty much a foregone conclusion makes it no less momentous. To give a little context, Russia is the world's leading producer of rough diamonds in terms of volume, with exports totaling $4 billion in 2021. And over 80% of the world's rough diamonds are marketed through Belgium's diamond exchanges in Antwerp. Under pressure from Ukraine to cut off this important source of war funding for Moscow, yet concerned that EU sanctions on the wholesale market alone could simply result in alternative trade flows at Belgium's expense, the Belgian government has been fighting for a system of global standards to ensure the traceability of all diamonds on the retail market. Hans Merkert, a researcher at Independent Belgian Research Institute, IPIS, tells RTBF what the aim of the game is here. This is an effort to ensure that documentation of the diamond's origin is maintained throughout the supply chain from mine to market, and this is something that does not currently exist for diamonds. Unlike other products such as coffee, chocolate or seafood, a jeweler couldn't tell you where a diamond comes from. And Merkett goes on to explain that sanctions and traceability are simply two sides of the same coin. And so, in this context of Russian diamonds, sanctions serve to close the front door, while traceability aims to ensure that we do not leave any back doors open, which would allow other players, including trading centers such as Dubai or India, to disguise the origin of these Russian diamonds. Belgium's efforts ultimately paid off as a global tracking system has now been agreed, a system that could even be in place as early as January. Meanwhile, Russian petroleum products and seaborne crude oil are already subject to an EU import ban, save for the derogations accorded to a handful of member states, including Bulgaria and Croatia. 
These derogations are causing great controversy, with Sophia accused of exploiting them for its own financial gain. The country has also recently struck a gas deal with Turkey, which many see as a backdoor through which more Russian gas can pour into Europe. Indeed, Bulgaria's government has even found itself subject to friendly fire from its West-leaning parliamentary majority, which is demanding the derogation for Russian oil be cancelled much earlier than the current deadline of October 2024. While Prime Minister Nikolai Denkov claims that he is in no way pro-Putin, he also stands firm, insisting that the derogation cannot simply be scrapped overnight. Bulgarian National Radio shares his comments. I don't know what reason I have given for anyone to think that I would act in support of Putin. This seems quite absurd to me. I also want the derogation to be abolished, but as Prime Minister, my first priority is for the Bulgarian fuel market to be stable. The call for this derogation to be cancelled within three days entails huge risks, as is clear from the reports drawn up by the various services and relevant ministries. There is also a G7 plus price cap covering Russian seaborne oil sold to third countries. According to Lithuanian economist Alexander Izgorodin, this is the area in which the upcoming package could have the most impact. The key element in the new sanctions package is, of course, the price of oil. In my view, the European Commission should do more here because there is a cap of $60 per barrel on Russian seaborne oil. But the price of seaborne oil is currently more like $74 per barrel. This means that while the sanctions may have limited the increase in the price of Russian seaborne oil, it is clear that progress falls short here, and it is through this aspect that Russia should be put under the greatest pressure. As for the other sanctions, obviously they are better than no sanctions at all, but these are quite niche aspects that will only hurt individual niche companies in Russia. In a resolution adopted at its last plenary session on the 9th of November, the European Parliament called for sanctions to be applied more strictly, condemning the shortcomings and loopholes in the current system. European imports of petroleum products made from Russian oil in countries such as India have soared, for example. At the same time, critical Western components continue to be shipped to Russia via third countries such as China, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan and Serbia. Social Democrat MEP Sven Mixer explains, in an interview with Estonia's Kuku Radio, how the bloc's hands are, to a certain extent, tied here. He also highlights how its failure to impose sanctions on Israel in the context of the humanitarian crisis in Gaza is not helping Europe's position. There are a number of countries that trade very intensively with Russia. This includes supplying Russia with certain critical technologies whose components are made in Europe or the US. The EU's ability to exert pressure here is somewhat more limited than that of the US. For example, the EU does not use so-called secondary sanctions. We cannot sanction third countries or their companies that circumvent our sanctions, unlike America, where such legal possibilities exist. Certainly, the prevailing mood in relation to the humanitarian disaster in Gaza, not only in Europe but around the world, has significantly eroded the support base in developing countries 
in the so-called Global South. Just a year ago, when the UN General Assembly adopted resolutions in support of Ukraine by an overwhelming majority, we largely enjoyed this support. In fact, contrary to what Mixer suggests, this latest sanctions package is likely to include certain measures to tackle third-country companies that circumvent sanctions. Companies based, for example, in China, Iran, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan. But when it comes to the union's powers to exert pressure, MEPs stress the need for stronger, more centralised monitoring of how sanctions are being implemented across the EU. They are also suggesting the introduction of a mechanism to monitor and prevent Moscow's attempts to circumvent EU sanctions. Lithuanian MEP Rasa Yuknevichiene, a member of the EPP group, assures Zhinyu Radias that the sanctions against Russia really are working, despite all their limitations. Sanctions are affecting the Russian economy. We can hear this message even from Russian propagandists, who are angry about the decisions taken by the central bank, who are angry about rising prices and so on. It is a long-term process and it will certainly have an impact. But what is needed most of all is perhaps not so much new sanctions, but to look at how the existing sanctions are being implemented and how they are being circumvented. That is why the European Union set up a special body, one led by a man who has, since the end of last year, been responsible for the implementation of sanctions, something that did not previously exist in the EU. EU ambassadors will meet to discuss the 12th package of sanctions today, Friday the 17th of November, in the hope that it can be given a green light by the end of the year. So that's all for this week. Join us again next week for more insight into the news as reported from around the EU.